mama chona le joseph ngutana mulo ke le le polokwe le hlaba kotswana le hlaba go ka le mao ka sebunu le hlaba le sa foroha mapafwana mapafwana a eja a halala a re kutla hape o eketsa motho wa wetsi welcome to the journey with mpo podcast a sacred space for healing love and rediscovering your life purpose introducing your host mpo Hello, JWM friends and family. We are delighted to have your attention and invaluable time. We are two days away from our one-year anniversary. May 26th is the day we officially launched this podcast show, and boy, have we grown, learned, laughed, listened, been inspired, and hit the repeat button. Thank you for being a valuable part of this show. When reflecting on the details of the planning process for the show, I remember the photographer who shot the picture that is now used as our cover art. Hence, in the studio with us today is Kimberly Lola, a visual and performing arts California State University graduate. Lola is a singer, songwriter, dancer, and model. I met Lola at the 2017 VegFest in Honolulu. She complimented me on my duke, aka headwrap, and I on her beautiful natural hair. We became instant friends when I confessed that the duke was actually being used to hide my disaster hair. <laughs> Welcome to Jenny with Mpo Lola. Thank you, mahalo. It's good to be here. <laughs> okay, let's get right into it. What are some of the things that you believe help you derive meaning from life? Oh, uh connections with people. Mm. That I think without it I don't know. I don't I don't want to say life is meaningless, but I just can't imagine being on a deserted island, you know? <laughs> um especially during this time of quarantine. Yeah. Having a few select people I can still connect with whether uh mm-hmm. virtually or you know visiting my boyfriend or mm-hmm. I don't know I just feel like happy yeah. I, I'm not feeling the impact quite as much you know se- separate from like not being able to work mm-hmm. um outside of that it's just like wow life is great yeah so. it's definitely that human connection that we're missing out on mm-hmm. yeah I think that's exactly. the biggest thing about being self-isolated it's like you don't get to see people exactly and it changes how what life means to people mm. when you don't get to see people. Yeah. So I think for me I that's a big part of it. And then just being in nature too. Yes. That's like I you know we're still allowed to go swimming in the ocean here in Hawaii. So mm-hmm. I've gone a few times and it's just so peaceful and serene it and it's like a rebirth. It is. And I go. So that I'm just like you know it takes you away from your phone can't be on your phone in the ocean you know it takes you away from the car um so i'm just like this is like if everything else society collapsed we still have the ocean hopefully we still got you know trees and all that stuff and then living here it's just like so i feel like people and nature which yeah. is yeah yeah it's pretty good stuff okay so sometimes on our path to success we are the stumbling blocks like we're our, we're in our own way right has there been a moment when you've recognized this and then been like okay i need to fix this i need to get out of my feels basically 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, when have I not? <laughs> I'm like an artist, so that's like uh, We're always once a year. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I've been in a quarter-life crisis for like the past decade. So I'm always like, you know, uh, you know, um, youth is wasted on the young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back, you can say, okay, obviously I shouldn't have done that. You yeah. know, obviously that was my fault. And now just being slower in my movement yeah. helps with preventing mm. being in my own way. Yeah. Uh, not being so impulsive and quick to react to things and, and really think about, okay, life is actually pretty long too. So mm. it's the longest thing you're ever going to experience. So the mistakes I have made, try not to dwell on them and then try just to like really be intentional mm. with what I'm going to do rather yeah. than just like do things in the moment because I feel like I'm running out of time because life is short. But it's like, <laughs> relax. Yeah. It's fine. It's there's that normal. rush, right? In yeah. our generation, like we don't talk about it, but there's the whole, I don't have my whole life. Like I, I've got to do everything right now. And if I don't do it right now, it's not going to work out. Absolutely. Like yeah. even though I'm saying this, I'm kind of like, a hypocrite because literally last night I was up like working on something till I don't know three in the morning and it's because I get that okay I have to finish this right now mm. and then I'm like okay I have to go to sleep you know yeah. it's it's sometimes it's, I think our society especially in American culture it pushes that on us like yeah. capitalism and everything you have to be quick or else the next person's gonna snatch your opportunity right and so we put pressure on ourselves but we're also getting that pressure from external sources too mm. you know and if we want to survive in this world then we can feel like especially our generations we can feel like okay i'm not doing enough yeah like yeah. that's kind of what i've been feeling in in the self-isolation time right like just slow down tiger yeah like, I'm, i've been off social media today's my first day back on social wow. media and it's like slow down tiger you don't have to have it figured out you don't have to have the podcast booming and being top charts just steady does it yeah yeah definitely oh so good that's that's good though being off social media because otherwise you're just constantly comparing you can't help it right i feel like instagram's the perfect place for that comparison thing to run right because it's just like snapshots of people's perfect moments in life right it's not their life but it's just that perfect moment Mm -hmm. that they've chosen to show to us and you're looking at your entire life and you're comparing it to one person's 20 minutes but also you don't know how much it took them to get there Mm. so you're thinking wow like they're making it look so easy they could have been working on that for the past 10 years and they finally perfected it and put it up and now you're thinking i'm not good enough yeah. But maybe you just need a few more years. Oof. So good. So good. <laughs> okay. So your spiritual journey in Hawaii has been somewhat similar to mine. What made you move here? I was engaged to someone who's in the military. Mm-hmm. And I never before would have thought to live in Hawaii. Just never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first place I've lived outside of San Diego. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like what a place to be, you know, like... People are like, oh, you've moved from one paradise to another. So I feel like I'm kind of spoiled. What do I, you know, what do I have to complain about? But yeah, yeah it's it's been really, um, I don't know. Even though California is really pretty, San Diego is really pretty, mm-hmm. I feel here since I've been here, I've been more in, like, out in nature a lot. Mm-hmm. So swimming and trying to surf and hiking and all that stuff, I didn't really do that there. Because I grew up there, you know, you take things for granted. So yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so there's a running joke that I'm mentally always on the next flight to South Africa. And I know you can identify with the sense of longing for home, right? I met you last year at a grocery store and you were like, I've been thinking about going home too. Yeah. Well, because that relationship didn't work out immediately, I was like, well, yeah. I only came here because I was with that person. Mm. And I'm a singer and a model and and being in Hawaii is great, but I missed L.A., Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of, you know, opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. So my immediate reaction was, let me go back. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't ready financially to up and move myself. Okay. And so in that trying to figure out how I'm going to get back, I ended up establishing a life here. So now I'm just kind of like, <laughs> maybe I can live in both places, you know? Yeah. That's, That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I could live in South Africa and Hawaii. Yeah. Have, a place, <laughs> have a house in two places, so... Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Okay, so let's talk about your artistic nature. Now, for people who don't know, Kimberly is incredibly multi-talented. You have about four Instagram accounts with focuses on natural hair, food, photography, and music. You are also a runway and print model who plays the ukulele and sings. Oh boy, did I say (laughs) multi-talented? I know the microphone landed in your hands at age two and the camera fell into your hands in high school. Walk us through the brand that is Kimberly Lola and the maintenance thereof. Do you ever get like confused with where to focus? Okay, so it's funny because I've always been a multi-hyphenate. I've always done all those things and had all those interests and it's always been made sense to me but then when I speak to someone who's more mathematical or analytical or corporate then I realize that's not normal for everybody so for me having to go in back and forth in between both worlds Mm -hmm. because as an artist sometimes you aren't able to sustain a living doing that and so you have to play hopscotch where you're jumping into the corporate world and then back into your artistry so Mm. you know that part was difficult to maintain just because when you're at a job that is not focused around your art, it can be uh, draining, you know, mm-hmm. because you feel like you're you're not being authentic. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, well, you can't be authentic 100% of the time. Sometimes you have to pay bills and yeah. that's authentic too because you need to eat, right? <laughs> it's just a different part of you. So uh, last year I was working at an office and then I decided to go full time with my photography Mm -hmm. and it was like such a nice change because then I could focus on my own art Mm -hmm. and then, I mean, doing the photography, it's not always about art. It's all I also have clients Mm -hmm. to make happy and I have certain things that are like standard, but it was still... It helped me, me maintain my myself better as far as, like, fulfilling things I like to do and also paying my bills. So that made it a little easier. But then I do find out, find that then I haven't sung in, like, a few months. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I need to go perform. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. then I'm, like, so focused on the photography part. Yeah. So that can be a little tricky um, because you have so many interests sometimes if you're not making money doing one thing, sometimes it can p- be put on the back burner. Mm. And then I'm like, wait, I haven't done 
a photo shoot in like a few months. Yeah. I haven't done a runway shoot. You know, and then you start getting the itch where you're like, okay, I need to do that again. And then I'll find an event to perform mm-hmm. or I'll look for a job doing music or, you know, studio work or yeah. doing like a print job for modeling. And then it's like, oh, that feels good. Now I need to get back <laughs> into it. And it just kind of keeps going around like yeah. that. And that being said, I need a manager because then that person would be like, <laughs> okay, do this, do that, and do this. But that's, that's kind of... That's how sometimes I feel too. I'm like, okay, maybe I need a manager. Like in between Reiki, poetry, the online store, you know, and the podcast, it can be a lot. But then I also think about how I need to unburden myself of the burden that is money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because I think you talk about the corporate world and having to have a job because you have bills to pay, but that can feel suffocating sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. you can sit doing something that's not your passion and things that you may not necessarily believe in, but you're concerned about having to feed yourself and take care of yourself. And I'm like, I'm, I'm praying or hoping for that part that finally pushes past money being an issue. You know, whether that be I make a lot of money or I don't make money at all. I just need to be at that place where money isn't a topic or a focus for me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because when it's the focus, you just kind of lose sight of the other things. Yeah. The things that you're here to do because you feel your most happiest on the runway and modeling and doing photography, you know. So if I were to say, hey, Kimberly, here's $5 million. Forget about working. Oh, Sorry, let me daydream for a second. Yeah, seriously. Right? Exactly. It changes everything. Oh my goodness. Okay, we are ready for your music.
just watching you perform (laughs) so that was from your last EP titled The Light yes what is different from this EP in comparison to the first one which was This Lifetime yeah the first one I feel like it was more R&B hip hop vibes Mm -hmm. and then The Light I feel like I didn't really know how to categorize it like contemporary R&B but okay. it had the electronica as you heard the ba- yeah. music in the background which I feel t- took it to a different place and it made me sing a different way yeah. I mean still obviously like certain qualities of my voice but it brought out more the like theater side of me yeah. and so like in the first track if you've listened to the other tracks they're like even in that one a little bit but like I go in my higher register and then I build on it and especially the, the title track The Light it's like ominous and it's like like a choir that was the idea kind of when I was singing it and so I just really liked what that music brought out in me the instrumental behind it because different instrumentals bring out different like um lyrics and bring out different like vibes and moods and feelings so I feel like that one was my favorite so where can people listen to you like where is this EP, the first one or the second one? They're both on Bandcamp, but if okay. you go to KimberlyLola.com, you can find it there and then link it, yeah. And I am in the works of putting it on more platforms, so mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much just in case things don't work out, but <laughs> if you go to my website or follow me on social media at KimberlyLola, then I'll update as needed, and then hopefully when this quarantine's over, I want to start preparing for... Maybe recording, you know, music videos here while I'm in this beautiful place, Hawaii, and like just having the scenery, you know. Okay, so speaking of your website, KimberlyLola.com, you wrote, I used to write about things I didn't know about, things I read about or things that happened to other people, even things I imagined happening. I hadn't realized that my life experiences were worth writing down and singing to people. Now my life experiences are all you'll hear in my music. I always make it a point to emphasize the importance of one's narrative, 
the show is amongst many things dedicated to providing people like yourself and many others with a platform to like Emily Sunday would say, share the version of their events, you know, that is their life story. Having discovered the power of your life story, would you say it is important, if not necessary, for anyone who may be listening to this to do the same? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I was so green, like, back when I first started writing, and I didn't know what to write about. And I felt always that, oh, like, I've had a pretty good life. I don't have any, Mm -hmm. you know, major things that have happened that you know, can produce quality music that people would want to hear. That's what I always thought. And I was kind of felt like, what kind of artist am I? I have no struggles, you know? (laughs) Since then, I've had struggles. And so (laughs) now I can write about things that are relatable and that are authentic, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's therapeutic too, you know? And like when I got those songs out, now it's something that you know, specifically when I hear those songs, I remember what I wrote them about, who I wrote them about, but it's not sad. It's more of like, wow, I created that from that. And so it's kind of like a positive side to whatever negative thing might have happened. Yeah. And then, of course, the positive songs are just positive anyway, you know, and then you just remember the good times and stuff. But yeah, I think it's important for artists um, and even people who aren't artists to just be as creative as you can and have an outlet for that because that helps you process life and emotions and things that happen it's funny that you say that that's how I feel about my poetry I'm like I haven't had enough heartbreak come on I need more heartbreak so I can write really amazing things but it's like careful what you wish for though yeah can you write about happy stuff right what about rainbows and flowers and this beautiful paradise you're in (laughs) right yeah you know and it's funny I think it comes down to influence too because I think of a lot of the music I've listened to. I grew up on listening to R&B. It's rhythm and blues, mm. you know? And maybe, um, I mean, I listened to pop music a lot in high school. Yeah. But I feel like my foundation was blues. And so I'm like, wait, I can't write about happy stuff. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> but they do. You just have to learn how to yeah. emote that in a way that's relatable. and, and We totally do want to hear happy yeah. songs. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So I threw in like one of them on that EP. Yeah, it's like a beat. Makes you want to roller skate or something. I grew up on Eminem. This is why I write angry poetry. Yeah. Okay, so I remember our photo shoot conversation, the planning stage right up until the editing process. It was your professionalism, execution, and delivery that left me in awe. You listened to what I needed, recommended the best location for it, and even brought music, an umbrella, and a makeshift wardrobe. (laughs) Talk to us about your business, Lola O Photography. How did it come about? How long has it been in existence? What are some of the best practices you think a new photographer should prioritize? Okay. Well, I started doing photography, well, back in high school, I took a class, but then, uh, a year before I moved here, a year and a half maybe, mm-hmm. I started a blog, thinklikeamodel.com, where okay. I wanted to give advice to upcoming models, okay. and I wanted to have my own visual content, so I just started finding models and taking pictures of them, mm-hmm. and then one of my models hired me to take photos of she and her husband, and then my okay. sister hired me to take pictures of she and her business partner, and I was like, all right, <laughs> time to start charging, you know? So then I started charging, and then I moved here, and then I was like, it was a no-brainer. I automatically started pursuing that. 
But I ha- it took a while to kind of get a foot foothold here. Yeah. So I was still doing other jobs um, outside of that. Yeah. And then I started focusing on family portraits. I realized yeah. that was actually, that was where the market was. And it's mm-hmm. fun too. And so I really just started developing, okay, how can I make this unique? Because yeah. I see other photographers out there. Mm-hmm. And there's like so many here, you know, because everyone wants to live here and take pictures. That's like the obvious (laughs) thing. So what can I do to differentiate myself? So then I started bringing props and accessories to like flowers and lays, you know, and people love that. People who are tourists, they, I mean, people who live here, they're like, no thanks. But the (laughs) tourists are like, oh my gosh, you wanted to get that, you know? So just having that and then having the music. It's uh, calming for my clients, but it also low-key is kind of for me, too. Because even though I'm a performer, I can sometimes get a little nervous before I meet people. And so about 10 minutes before I meet my clients, I turn on the music, and it instantly puts me in the vibe. And then I'm like, all right, I'm cool. Like, everything's going to be fine, you know? And then when I meet the clients, a lot of clients have said, oh, I love that there's music. And it relaxes them. Because some people are just nervous in front of the camera. And... Yeah, so so I was like, you know, and this this makes sense because we're in Hawaii and we're outside. Yeah. And so when you go to a luau, there's music. When you go here, when you yeah. go to a restaurant here, there's there are people playing like island music or even yeah. like R and B music. It makes sense, you know. It didn't feel out of place. It just kind of felt like, oh, makes they're sense. at the beach. Most of my shoots are at the beach. They've got the island music. They've got their lays on. They've got probably their Hawaiian shirts. So it kind of just fell into place. And then I also started. Um, giving out like client gifts like macadamia nuts. So I just really wanted to create that. Okay, you're here on vacation. Even if they live here, I still do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like remotes. Yeah, <laughs> but for for tourists especially, they love that because it just mm-hmm. kind of continues on with their experience of Hawaii. And I'm not from here, but mm-hmm. it's like you know these are little touches that I can do that I know I would love. So, mm-hmm. um, and then the best practices. I think that's really important for people doing business in general, is just to find how you can differentiate yourself. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not even 100% about your skill level. It's mm-hmm. about what our client's going to take away and remember you by, mm-hmm. you know? And your photo- your photos or whatever product you provide might be just as good as the next person, but what is that person not doing that you can do that people are yeah. like, oh, I remember her. And so I've had repeat clients yeah. who have shot with me like year after year and I see their kids growing up and it's like so cool. I'm like, wait, I saw her when she was three and now she's five. You know what I mean? And like seeing them year after year, they're like, you're my photographer because yeah. they liked, um, obviously I'm friendly and I'm upbeat and everything too. And I'm really communicative. Yeah. I started like answering questions and I just try to be positive and upbeat. Yeah. Even if someone like is not, in the best mood I just try to always spin it into a positive light too so that's also something I mean yeah being self-employed you have to wear a lot of hats too and that's tricky but um just always remembering like okay I just always want this person to walk away feeling like they were heard they got what they Mm -hmm. wanted and it was a unique experience so that's definitely how I felt people see those pictures any of those pictures really and they're like were you in South Africa this looks really really amazing and I don't get a lot of like I do different photo shoots for different things but I never got 
as good of a response as I did for every single photo really? that you shot. Yeah. Oh wow. my goodness. Awesome. I loved your idea for where to shoot the poses too because I get pretty nervous. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh yeah, she probably just, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't know how to stand. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to smile. You were on point, like chin up, oh. sway, twirl. I know it feels funny, but it looks good on yeah. camera. And I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, I could be a model. <laughs> you totally could. Like, do you remember people were walking by? They're like, oh, you're so beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Like, you made it easy, too. So, oh, well, like, that was all you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I've been vegan on and off for about three years. But you have been vegan for about five years. What inspired your journey to become vegan? Yeah. Well, and actually, too, I forgot it. It's been like five and a half years because I always equate it with moving here. But I'm like, no, I went before I moved here. So, it's yeah, like actually yeah. been five and a half, which is weird because now it's just normal. Um, okay. And what inspired me, I just was having a lot of uh, digestive problems mm. and just not like feeling well a lot. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of friends who were a couple and they were vegan. And okay. They, like the the woman, she had lost weight. Okay. She uh, a lot of her ailments had gone away, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was like, "Cool, let me check this out." I'm into experimenting, <laughs> and I'd rather do like an elimination thing. Yeah. And then if we introduce things into my diet mm-hmm. rather than take medicine, I'm like totally like, not I'm not anti medicine, but I'm like I will not take medicine unless I feel like I'm dying literally. Me too. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like your body's way of telling you something's up and you need to change something, and I don't mm-hmm. want to just like numb myself mm-hmm. and so if I can avoid it I try not to take medicine so I'm like I'd rather just do it with diet and you know I could clean up my diet for sure and yeah. so I started I did a raw vegan thing for like three weeks so I was like yeah I want to try this too and I decided to go raw vegan because duh like why not <laughs> let me go from eating meat to just like eating only raw fruits and vegetables sure right but um I tried that for like three weeks and I felt like I had so much energy. Mm-hmm. I, I would sit down and eat six mangoes, go running. I hate running. I hate running. It's just You and I both. And I would eat six <laughs> mangoes. I could run and run and run, and I didn't want to stop. It was amazing. Like, I'm still not running. But I only, only <laughs> run on the beach, though, because like it's better for your joints. Yeah. But like, but that's how great it was. I felt amazing. Yeah. And then I broke the fast, I guess if you would call it the fast I forget, mm-hmm. I'm on audio. People can't see me doing air quotes. <laughs> I was I broke the fast, which I wasn't thinking of it as a fast. Yeah. I really was like, let me try this. And if it works, maybe I'll continue. Mm-hmm. And by eating ribs, because like, sure, that makes sense, right? I felt <laughs> so sick. And then I went home immediately and made a smoothie. Within 15 minutes, I felt amazing again. Yeah. And so it still took a few years for me to actually revisit the vegan thing. But it, mm-hmm. that was kind of like a footnote, like, okay, let me go back to that because... There's something to that, you know, yeah. and just being being um, cleaner on the inside. And then, let's see, before I moved, I was finally like, well, before I even knew I was moving, yeah. I was finally like, let me just do it. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, as soon as you tell your body you're not going to have something, mm. you're like, now I want all of it. So I'd eat like, with my a significant other, we'd eat like a block of cheese and a whole box of wheat thins every night for like oh. weeks. Because it was like... All of a sudden, I felt like I was going to be deprived. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and I think I'd been watching documentaries, Mm -hmm. and I don't remember which one, but finally I was like, nope, done. No more cheese. Because, like, I I made that switch in my brain where, like, this wasn't just about my health at that point. It started to become more about, like, I don't want to do this to the animals. It was gross. (laughs) Like, when you see the videos, it's just, like, gross. So even if it's 
even if I didn't care about the animals, it'd be like, ew, like, yes, you know. What started my journey is exactly what you're saying. The What the Health documentary on Netflix, Mm. it freaked me out. Like, I watched it one night. The next morning, I switched over to smoothies, salads, and soups. And that's where I was for like a month. Really? That's not a sustainable diet. Like, being vegan and just eating smoothies, salads, and soups isn't going to help you out. Mm-hmm. And so initially I felt great. Right. I could exercise, do Tybo videos for about two hours, oh not stopping. And I slept well and I felt lighter. The inflammation had come down wow. significantly. But after three months, I completely crushed. I was in the hospital. I was sick. I just, I didn't know what was wrong with me. And so I do think eliminating, but still having like a structure of what you're doing and doing adequate research can really help. Mm -hmm. But seeing what happens with that, I still cannot eat pork. Like after that Mm -hmm. documentary, seeing the pigs, and then I think it was in North Carolina where the community was being affected by the pig farms. Like they would kill the pigs um, and then use the same remains to feed the pigs that were still alive. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done for bacon. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting what you said about like, um, having a structure too, because when I first went vegan, there were all these like vegan was in, and I think it's still trending. It's yeah. on an upward trend, yeah. but I don't hear about it as much. And it might also be because I'm so far into it that I don't really pay attention. Mm-hmm. But when I first started, there were all these YouTubers who were vegan and mm-hmm. it was like, smoothies and smoothie bowls and salad bowls and like it was almost like this fad where a lot of people were doing it but after a while you you need fat you need a lot of different you need to make sure you're getting all your vitamins and I realized that um I got a blood test and actually it's funny the doctor said you actually have too much b12 you can kind of relax on that and take it every other day because I was doing a spray okay so I had more of that but I was so focused on that because that was pounded into my head as a vegan. I wasn't thinking about my calcium and my potassium and yeah. my magnesium. Those were actually a little bit low. Mm. So now I have to take supplements for that. Yeah. So, you know, I think like Chronometer and MyFitnessPal are, are apps you can use to mm-hmm. plug in your, you know, what you're eating. But that for me is hard. I can do that for about a few days. And then after a while, it's just so, it's tedious and it's... Yeah. A lot, but I think um, still like every now and then checking back back in and seeing, okay, what am I eating? What am I not getting enough of is really important because over time, and, and vitamin D, I was too low on vitamin yeah. D, which is weird because in Hawaii, I'm always in the sun as a photographer, but mm-hmm. the first few years I lived here, I would carry a parasol with me mm-hmm. or an umbrella, even when I was shooting, like in the mm-hmm. summertime, because I'm so afraid of the sun. I'm like a I'm like a desert spider. Like, I run to the shade, and I just, I'm, like, conscious of my skin, you know, as far as, like, wrinkles, but also skin, cancer, and everything. You look good. Thank you. (laughs) And then, but it was like, how am I low on vitamin D? Yeah. You know, it was crazy. So I had to stop using parasol and umbrella for a while and just get more more sun, but then I also take supplements for that. And I think it's just important to check back in, even if you're not vegan, though, because Mm. some people think, oh, you're vegan, you're going to be like malnourished and everything but even people who eat meat take vitamin supplements yeah. too yeah. so I, yeah that's what i've been looking at right now i'm at a point where my omega-3 capsules from amazon are almost out mm. and i'm like oh i should probably re-look at the supplements that i'm taking what do i want to bring back could i get something that still has omega-3 but mm. is a multivitamin for daily yeah you know so like a combination and then it has to be plant-based for me that's a big yeah. thing i'm like i'm not 
trying to just take as many multivitamins as possible. I'm trying to make sure that they're eco-friendly and vegan. It's pretty interesting to continuously go back to the drawing board and say what is working, what is not working, because yeah. it can be boring too. Yeah. Like when you're having tofu all the time, right. it's like, oh my God, I'm having tofu for the hundredth time. Right. Well, it's funny too, because like my boyfriend, he's not vegan and he is such a good cook and he cooks me new things every time I go to his house and I'm like... <laughs> I never knew this existed. Like he makes, he's Italian American and he's like, he'll make Italian version, or I mean vegan version of an Italian dish that he grew yeah. up on and he doesn't even look at a recipe and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I could, you know, like if I had known about this when I first went vegan, are you kidding me? Like I was just eating like, yeah, like salads, smoothie bowls <laughs> and like I eat out at, um, cause I don't really cook and I'd eat out all the time and I'm like, yo, like I need to start cooking cause this is amazing. You can eat so much stuff and I think like people think vegan in deprivation mm. and even though I was like I'm going vegan I don't care mm -hmm. I still had that mindset of like oh gosh what am I going to eat now you know what I mean so it's important to like experiment and don't think of it as like a life sentence it's yeah. like oh now there's so many new things I can try and you don't always have to eat tofu <laughs> like there are, there, are, there are alternatives you know so yeah for sure and I think bringing in kindness like diet exercise meditation it's a journey with your body right mm -hmm. and so trying to do too much of anything can feel like imprisonment mm -hmm. or like why the hell am I doing this for so long but I found out after the whole hospital episode from being vegan that I could eat meat and I didn't have to judge myself so harshly for mm -hmm. it I'm like okay today was a meat day and that's okay you've had four non-meat meals for the week. Mm -hmm. And so practicing kindness and patience with yeah. yourself that eventually you will get to that place where you don't eat meat at all or, you know, you have meat once a week and that's okay. That's what your body wants and that's what your body may need. But like this, I think there's this harsh thing that we do with ourselves. Like I have to be one way and that's mm -hmm. it. But we're not, you know, we're not one way. I was vegetarian <laughs> for a year before I went vegan actually I forgot to mention that so yeah I mean everyone we're on a journey we're all in mm -hmm. different parts of our journeys we're mm -hmm. all not necessarily going to the same place yeah and I think even just like changing one meal a day as I say it's like a cliche one meal a day plant-based you're still eliminating so much suffering and so much you know suffering within yourself too because mm -hmm. of the diet the sad you know food that people eat standard American diet at least here is detrimental to our health too and it's not even just about the other animals it's about us the human animals who are suffering diabetes you know heart, heart disease, disease. Yeah. they're the leading causes of death and they're related directly to our diets yeah so yeah i mean just thinking of it more too of like what can i do for myself even if you don't care because some people really don't care about animals and that's like whatever you know yeah. some people do it for the environment but also ultimately like if you care about your health that that's one way to think of it okay like maybe you do eat one meal of mm. meat a week but in the end what's your end goal like do you want to live a long healthy happy life if so incorporating more plants is yeah. obviously going to be better so you just got to figure out ways to make it good like a good balance yeah and make it taste good because you don't want to be eating like stuff that you don't like either because then yeah it's not, not sustainable you're not going to keep up with that yeah so if one's not determined enough being vegan can mean expensive trips to whole foods and down to earth yeah. <laughs> how do you keep your meal costs low 
I probably am the wrong person to ask about that because <laughs> if it weren't for my boyfriend, I would still be eating at Down to Earth every day. That's true. Um, for a while, I, when I first moved here, I lived in Waikiki and I would mm-hmm. actually cook for myself and I would do a lot of bootle bowls. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's just like rice, beans, vegetables of your choice and mix and match. And I mm-hmm. had this like really good one that I'd eat all the time, just like you know, rice, beans, corn, lettuce, cucumbers, just like so good. And I never got sick of it, but I don't know, I guess like, you know, having different stresses in my life, eventually it was like, oh, I don't want to cook. And then I would just eat Mm -hmm. out all the time. Mm -hmm. And it was still better, like, because it's a vegetarian grocery store and it's plant-based, but they're still, they still cook with oil and stuff too. So even not just the cost about it, but like the ingredients that Mm -hmm. are being used. Um, I think cooking at home is essential because... Otherwise, yeah, not only is it going to break your bank, but you're not going to necessarily be getting all the best things in your body because you can't always, even even if they list the ingredients, you don't necessarily know everything and how they're preparing it. Because sometimes they might just put vegan A's. Okay, well, what's in vegan A's? I don't know. I have to go look at the package, you know? Yeah. Yeah, cooking, I mean, there are a few staples every vegan needs. Beans, rice. (laughs) You can do so many things with that. You, you know what I mean? You Preach can, to the choir. You can, you can make Mexican dishes. You can make bootables. Like, there are a lot of different parts of the world where those are staples. Mm-hmm. So just incorporating different spices and, and herbs, you know, it's yeah. going to really change it. And Brings in a little bit of excitement. Yeah. I did, like, a plain split pea soup, and then I added tomato paste as a next-day mm-hmm. meal, and it turned out really good. I was like, oh, look at you. Yeah. Quarantining and cooking. Right? Let's go. <laughs> and then meal prepping, too, at the beginning of the week, and just switching yeah. it up. Like, okay, yeah. I've had this for two days in a row, mm. but it's not gone yet. What can I add to it to yeah. make it a little bit interesting? And then um, also trying new things, depending on where you live, obviously, here. I started trying lots of different fruits that I had never tried, like star fruit and mango. I mean, well, I've tried mangoes, but yeah. star fruit, dragon fruit, there's just so many different things, like sour sops. Yeah. And depending on where you go, you could save money, you could spend more. It just kind of depends. depends. But being open to a variety helps as well. It does. Because then you're not going to be like, oh, well, I only want this and they don't have mm. this. And now I'm going to spend a bunch of money on the package version of it. You could be like, okay, you know what? I'll have this instead. It's here. It's cheaper. And I think just being open-minded is really important. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So this may sound like a typical interview question, but for a go-getter like yourself, it is appropriate. I'm curious, what do you hope the next five years bring forth for Kimberly? Oh, well, it's so hard because as you get older, you stop trying to like plan everything out because mm-hmm. you realize uh, none of my plans really go mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, not none of them, but so I don't know. It's hard. I mean, ultimately, as cliche as it sounds, I just want to make sure I'm happy and financially stable. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, I want success, whatever that means. And mm-hmm. it doesn't always mean like, I don't necessarily need to be at the top of the charts in music or anything, mm. but can I sustain a living and then also do things that I love to do and I'm able yeah. to express my art, art, artistry without having to stress about money. Yeah. So like in five years, I want to be able to do that more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I want to, I mean, I love music, but I also, yeah, I do want to make money off of it too because yeah. then I can no, like do more, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like I want to be compensated for the things I love so I can do it more essentially yes, yes. so that's where really more of the mindset is yeah. so 
yeah, I'd like to do that more. I don't know how far I'll take the photography because honestly, I just kind of fell into it. And then it was like, oh, this is fun. And I can make money, of course, you know? I'd rather be on the beach. Like, my office is the beach in Hawaii. I'd rather <laughs> be doing that than sitting in an office, you know? But in five years, I don't know if I'll still be doing that. But mm -hmm. I definitely will always be doing music and modeling to some degree. I just don't know. I guess we'll see. As long as I'm happy and content. That's and, all that matters. Yeah. And I, can, yeah. and I can make a living and not have to stress about money. Always have a roof over my head then and food then. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> food is life, so as long as I can continue eating the way I'm eating and better, that's my goal is to just be rich so I can just eat mangoes all day, because like they're so expensive. <laughs> okay, are you ready for the next song? Sure. heartbreak songs was it Tell yeah <laughs> but it's funny because I wrote it long after it happened mm -hmm. so it was just kind of like going through the archives of my brain mm -hmm. and then you know the, like I was saying earlier the different instrumentals just bring out different things in me and that yeah. felt like that's what that song needed yeah so, yeah and I think we process like loss of anything in different stages right sometimes we're just like okay whatever move yeah. on and then you're walking down the street one day and you're like no yeah no, no, we're just dying but, uh, right dying. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly i thought i was the only one who has that thank you for identifying but i don't do it in public i just put on my sunglasses and like do the whimper like yeah you will not see me crying in public i refuse <laughs> You may see me crying in public. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
I've been messing around with people doing this little like, what would it look like if I were an actress and to cry on TV? Mm. <laughs> so the sounds are really believable, but apparently the face is kind of like weird. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's when you don't see the tears, that's what I can't stand. I'm like, you're not, this isn't, just put an eye drop, like, give me something. Spray the face. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, people have to hear more of you and dive deep into all the facets that is, you know, everything that is you. How do we get a hold of you? I know there's KimberlyLola.com. You have a website for the photography. You have four Instagram accounts. Like, just market <laughs> I have, I have yourself. Like six Instagram accounts. Let's go. All <laughs> okay. of the handles. Kimberly for what? Lola. Uh, Kimberly Lola for my music, my modeling, my dancing. At Curlyography, or sorry, let me go back to the more important. At Lola O Photography is for obviously my photography, and right now masks because I'm selling masks during the quarantine because I can't do those. Uh, and then Curlyography is just like hair stuff, and then travel. Well, I want it to eventually be travel, but it's mainly Hawaii photos. <laughs> so like hair and scenery, and then uh, raw mess. So I have rawmess.com is my vegan blog, and the Instagram is rawmessblog. Mm -hmm. Apparently rawmess is like an Indian name or something, I don't know. Okay. So like I could get that. Um, but you'll find like vegan recipes on there and just okay. like inspirational stuff. Um, I need to post more on there for sure. Because when you've been vegan for a while, you kind of forget. You're like, oh yeah, people need to see this because like they still need to be inspired. So I'm trying to do more videos and like on YouTube and then also on Insta Lives too. So to inspire people to eat, eat vegan and it's not all all healthy recipes too. Sometimes it's like like we made these like mushroom fried mushrooms and like fried chicken. So you know, like trying, but some stuff there. And then um, and then if you're into the modeling stuff, thinklikeamodel.com and that, mm -hmm. at thinklikeamodel on Instagram and social media. So, so yeah, I have like a lot of different stuff. People are like, why do you have different ones? It's like, well, if you want to hear my music. You don't want to also see pictures of models on there unless it's of me. If you want to see vegan stuff, you don't necessarily care to see photos of my hair, you know? So yeah. it's more of a branding thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so all of these links, blogs, websites will be in the episode notes. So be sure to pick your poison and dive deep. <laughs> okay, so Kimberly Lola. Thank you so much for being part of the sacred journey, for sharing your art, voice, and story with the JWM family. So we're excited to see where the journey takes you. I'm gonna let you close off with one more song because oh, I awesome. can't get enough of you and I feel like other people okay. can't get enough of Wonderful. you. Wonderful. So I think I'll do the light, the title track off of my EP. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, until then, Maholokwe, I just want to say, Kiotaba Rwile. Aloha.
everyone, my name is Josh Rapoon, and I am the host of the What School Could Be in Hawaii podcast. This series features imaginative, creative, and innovative public, public charter, and independent school educators and education leaders, sharing their insights into the amazing possibilities for what school could be. Find our episodes at mltsinhawaii.com or your favorite podcast store. You can follow the show on Twitter at MLTS in Hawaii or on Facebook at Most Likely to Succeed in Hawaii. Aloha and mahalo.